Welcome to the newest Eden Center podcast, Building Ourselves Through Parsha. Our host, Karen Miller-Jackson, will use the Parsha to explore an aspect of social, emotional, or physical well-being relevant for 21st century life and its challenges. Karen is a certified Matan Moralalacha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kivun Lashirut, a guidance program for religious girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Consistent with the Eden Center's goal of enhancing women's spiritual life through Torah and Mikvah, Karen's insights, we hope, will serve as a springboard for self-introspection and discussion. Hello, everyone. One theme which runs clearly throughout Parshat Shmot is the unwavering faith and commitment of the Israelite women to their homes, families, and marital relationships. This is seen in numerous ways throughout the Parsha. In particular, they had the vision to see beyond the present oppression and hopelessness in Egypt. The women acted to preserve life, to create life, and to keep the intimacy alive in their marriages. What can we learn from these heroines of the Jewish people about faith and perseverance, even in challenging times in our lives? This past year has been a tough one. While it is not equatable to oppression, there have been real challenges both emotionally and physically, and this takes a toll on our relationships. Using some of these thoughts on the Parsha as a springboard, I will interview Jody Waxpress about intimacy, especially during challenging times. In the biblical narrative itself, we meet several strong female characters who take responsibility for the well-being of their own or other people's families. The midwives, Miriam, the daughter of Paro, and slightly later, Tzipporah, Moshe's wife. The number of noteworthy women in this narrative is further developed in Masachet Sota, which contains a long midrasha collection which highlights the bravery of Miriam, Bat Paro, Yocheved, and adds a collective group of female heroines, the Nashim Tzidkaniot, the righteous women of that generation. Several of the female characters are unnamed in Parshat Shmot, such as the midwives, Bat Levi, Bat Paro. The Midrash responds to this anonymity. Even if the women were not always named in this story, it is clear that their continued faith in Hashem and the action they took played an essential role in the redemption from Egypt. Here are some of the highlights from the Midrash in Masachet Sota. First, there are the male dot, the heroic women who defy Paro and continue to birth the Israelite babies. While the midwives are anonymous in the biblical narrative, the Talmudic rabbis associate them with either Miriam and her mother Yochevet, or Yochevet and her daughter-in-law Elisheva. The Torah teaches that appropriately, they are rewarded with batim, just as they persisted in protecting others' homes and families. The Talmud further teaches that they were even given the houses of Kehuna and Malchut, the priesthood and kingship. Next, there is Miriam, who plays an active role already in the Torah narrative, where she watches over Moshe. The Talmud elaborates, she is also responsible for keeping her parents together, resulting in the birth of Moshe. Amram, her father, called a gadol hador by the Talmud, thought there was no point in continuing to have relations and to stay married to Yochevet after Paro's decree to kill the firstborn males. It is Miriam who convinces her father that he should return to his wife, her mother. Miriam says to her father, Your decree is harsher than that of Paro, for Paro only decreed against the boys, and you have decreed against boys and girls. As a result of this, Moshe, the leader and redeemer, is born. Yochebed, who is more passive in the Torah, is characterized as brave and defiant in the Midrash. 
hiding Moshe for three months as an infant before putting him in the Teva. Also, the daughter of Paro is characterized as knowing that the baby in the Teva was an Israelite baby since he was circumcised. This enhances her heroic role. She even goes as far as to allow Moshe to nurse from a woman of Israel. Finally, the Nashim Tzidkaniot go out to the field and actively seduce their husbands in order to procreate. They draw water, they go to their husbands, they wash them, they anoint them. They don't allow the hopelessness of their situation to interfere with their belief that God will redeem B'nai Israel. It is clear to the Talmudic rabbis that these acts of intimacy were holy. They called the women who initiated these acts tzidkaniot, righteous women. It is the actions of these women and the other heroines of Parshat Shmot who inspire the words of Rav Avira in the Talmud. Bishar nashim tzidkaniot shehayubo to hador nigalu Yisrael mimitraim. In the merit of the righteous women of that generation, Israel was redeemed from Egypt. May we all find inspiration in the bravery, deep faith, and commitment of the women of Parshat Shmot. Coming up next, we'll hear more practical advice on intimacy during challenging times. Thank you for listening. Jody Waxpress is a marriage and couples therapist in private practice. She is a registered sex therapist currently pursuing her doctorate in clinical sexology. She lectures regularly for the Eden Center and is a valued member of the team. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Karen. It's great to be here. So as you know, in my insights into the Parsha, I focused on, in this week's Parsha, Miriam and the women, the righteous women of Egypt, and their commitment to continuing the relationship, and in particular, the physical aspects of their relationship, and their hope and faith in the future. I would like to now bring this to the realm of, um, of our lives today. We, we've gone through a tough year. While it's not equatable to oppression or what the Jewish people endured in Egypt, there have been some real challenges. Children are around all the time at home. We have more financial stresses. Um, people have health concerns. And there's really just less of an opportunity even to just go out and have quality time together as couples. What do you think are the things that are the greatest impediment to intimacy during the coronavirus period? And how can we work on intimacy during this time? It's a great question because we're getting a lot of messages that are directly opposing intimacy. We're being taught to stay two, two meters apart. We're being taught to wash our hands. We're being taught um, directly and indirectly that getting close is dangerous. And at the same time, we as human beings need to get close. Closeness is, is, a, is, in, is inseparable from thriving. You know, being able to touch and to hug the way that babies learn that they're loved is by being touched and, and cuddled and cared for. And as adults, we, we continue with that. We, you know, we really yearn for that, that um, physical affection. So we really do have a challenge right now and it's completely understandable for couples to be experiencing some challenges in the realm of intimacy. Um, intimacy, what's really important to remember is that intimacy, first of all, is not only sexual intimacy, it's also holding hands and hugging and, and kissing and experiencing things together. 
Um, there have been many, many studies that show that people uh, bond on a very, very deep level after they've gone through an experience together, whether it's a positive experience or a negative experience. So I think that that is going, we're going to find that that's going to contribute to, um, to another level of intimacy that we're developing throughout this, this year. And I, I think that I would say there is a sense of oppression. It may not be by another country or, you know, a specific, you know, the Mitzrayim versus the, the Israelis, <laughs> but by a pharaoh, but there's an oppression by, by this virus that is an unknown. And when we face uncertainty, uh, it shakes us up a lot. We like to be prepared. Definitely, definitely. And so um, I would be, we're going to hear as we go on from you, particular suggestions um, and practical advice about how to work on our intimacy during this time. Uh, But before we get to that, let's talk about the relationship between physical contact and emotional well-being. Um, As you mentioned, the value of hugging and basic touch has, um, has really been reinforced for us during this period. When you think about the grandparents who are just waiting to to hug their grandchildren, those images. Can you discuss the relationship between physical, the physical and emotional aspects in intimacy and in sexuality? Of course. I mean, when we hug someone, we they, there's a chemical neurotransmitter in our body that's called oxytocin, which is released. And when oxytocin is released, we feel warm and we feel safe. It's called the cuddle hormone. And, and we, we, again, we thrive on the cuddle hormone. It's something that makes us feel um, accepted and loved. So not being able to have that is, is a big deal. And we have to try to learn new ways to release that hormone. Uh, One of the ways to do it is um, hug the people you can hug. Mm-hmm. as much as you can. So, mm-hmm. you know, my kids, I have, I have teenagers and above and it's a lot of boys and some of them, you know, really like to get like a nice hug from mommy or they like to hug me because they're big men already. You know, they like to put their arm around me and, uh, you know, I can protect you kind of a way. Any kind of hug, even if you're just walking behind someone, you know, if you walk behind and just put your arm around someone, um, that's very, very important. But we can also feel virtually hugged. And I think our country uses that term very wisely, you know, throughout, throughout wars and whatever that means, we say, right? like we're hugging the people in the North that are going through challenges. We're hugging people in the South. And if we talk to ourselves and we internalize that feeling of being hugged, some of that is going to affect us physiologically as well. When it comes to sexuality and couples, um, being sexual in a time of, of, of stress, a lot of uh, difficulties can come up because for one partner, they may need that, you know, to be able to feel safe, to be able to feel that they can just like let it go and relax and just be themselves and just enjoy the physical pleasures and the intimate pleasures. While another partner may feel that they are being trying to be stoic and they're working so hard all day long to maintain this sense of, of I can handle this, that the second that they allow themselves to relax a little bit, it can be scary. So being able to feel safe with your partner is something that goes way beyond sexual intimacy and into all the other types of intimacy. There are about eight different types of intimacy. Some of them are there's sexual intimacy, there's physical intimacy that's non-sexual, 
there's affectionate intimacy, which may not even be physical, but just showing affection. It may be, you know, you know, you see certain people, their eyes just are so warm and they give you this wonderful feeling. Um, there's spiritual intimacy when you're learning with someone or if you're davening or if you look at your partner, you know, davening or learning or learning with your kids. There's so many different types of intimacy that need to be worked on in order to um, build and strengthen the relationship towards that will lead to being able to be vulnerable during sexual intimacy as well. Hmm, so interesting. Thank you. And when you were talking about, you know, hug the people you can hug, I really just want to yeah. send from both of us a hug to our friends and our listeners who maybe are on their own and don't have someone to hug right now and sending Absolutely. them all a big hug. And, and uh, hug them, so hug yourselves. <laughs> also, I know it sounds weird, but hug, you know, in, in a lot of exercise programs, you do stretches and part of the stretch is to sort of, you know, to reach your arms very wide open and then to close them around and give yourself a squeeze hug yourselves, massage, give massage yourself by putting on lotions, just you can help release that oxytocin uh, individually also. Wow, fantastic. Thank you for a great tip. So, so let's get practical. Uh, what, what, what are your most important or most, what do you think, what do you feel most enthusiastic about in terms of practical advice for, uh, for couples during this time to, you know, when you're feeling it's hard to switch modes and switch moods and the stress and, you know, what's going, what's been going on, all the ups and downs and uncertainty. Yeah, I think that we can take a message from Miriam, who you mentioned in your, you know, in the previous part of this podcast. Um, and we can also take, get the message from Adam and Chava when they first, you know, when, when, the, when the Torah describes uh, procreation, um, they use the, the word vayada is, ch- is chosen uh, mm-hmm. to represent sexual intercourse, basically, uh, According to some, right? It's it, immediately following that is is the fact that that Chava becomes pregnant and gives birth. So, I I think that's an incredible word because Veda is to know someone, and when you really know someone, you're being inquisitive about them. You're accepting them for who they are. You're showing compassion. Compassion is the biggie. When you're asking for for you know, straight up, what should we do? We should show compassion. We should show compassion to ourselves. We should show compassion to the people that we love, to our partners, give them space to talk about what's going on for them. Ask them if they can give us some space to talk about what's going on for us. And the emotional closeness will help, um, you know, the physical intimacy and will encourage more um, really positive feelings of, of sexual intimacy and emotional intimacy. Um, checking in with your partner, whether or not tonight's a good night or this morning is a good morning, you know, talking about timing. Um, in, in, in the media, we hear about consent all the time. Consent, consent, consent. Consent doesn't just mean, are you interested in, in being sexual with me now? Consent means also, is this a good time for you? How are you feeling now? What kind of positions are comfortable for you right now? Um, you know, do you have any concerns that you'd like to process throughout the day? Um, you trying to find a time when all of our kids are home. We don't even know when they're going to be home. Half of my my schedule with my clients, I, I know, is going to change depending on whatever Misrata Chinuch says. Whenever you know, you know, are they closing the school? So couples may say, "Oh, we have some time during the day now that we're working from home," and then all of a sudden, boom, the kids are all there. 
rolling with the punches, allowing yourself to um, feel disappointment when disappointment comes, not blocking it. Let yourself experience it and then let it sort of move through you to be able to be available when the, the time is right when, and seize the opportunity. Communication is key. Fantastic. I think, you know, I always think about in my teaching and learning that the best way to raise awareness is to study and think and discuss. And so this has been really informative. And I thank you. And may we all uh, look forward to slightly better times and good health and Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Karen. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is recorded by Karen Miller-Jackson, edited by Micah Shore, and is a product of the Edmund Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe. We welcome your feedback by email at podcasts at theedmcenter.com.